Job chapter 14, verse 1. Man, born of woman, of few days and full of trouble. Job says a man's life is short and full of trials, which we all know is true. Two, as a flower he hath gone forth, and is cut off, and he fleeth as a shadow, and standeth not. Our lives fade as quickly as a flower withers. Three, also on this thou hast opened thine eyes, and dost bring me into judgment with thee. Job is kind of making the argument that why trouble yourself, Lord, with just this fading flower? Why don't you focus on something more important instead of me? So it's kind of like Job is offering a diversion to the Lord. For who giveth a clean thing out of an unclean, not one? Job is pleading with the Lord, saying, I am a common, unclean man, and please don't hold me responsible for more than that. 5. If determined are his days, the number of his months are with thee, his limit thou hast made, and he passeth not over. He's telling God, you determine how long we live, and we can't go beyond that. 6. Look away from off him, that he may cease, till he enjoy as a hireling his day. Job is asking the Lord to stop focusing on him, so that he can have a little bit of peace before he dies. A hireling is somebody who doesn't own the property. They're a hired servant to work there. And Job is saying, I don't own anything from you. I'm just here a short time. Now this is where Job is wrong, because Job is going to receive an inheritance. He's going to be a joint heir with Christ. But he doesn't see that. He sees himself as a hired servant who doesn't have an inheritance in the Lord. 7. For there is of a tree hope, if it be cut down, that again it doth change, and that its tender branch doth not cease. 8. If its root become old in the earth, and its stem doth die in the dust. 9. From the fragrance of water it doth flourish, and hath made a crop as a plant. 10. And man dieth, and becometh weak, and man expireth, and where is he? Job says, Even a tree if it gets cut down and it dies, one of its branches can start growing again in the earth. But when a man dies, his life is completely over. 11. Waters have gone away from a sea, and a river becometh waste and dry. 12. And man hath lain down and riseth not, till the wearing out of the heavens they awake not, nor are roused from their sleep. Like water that gets evaporated and doesn't return, a man's life extinguishes and never returns until the heavens will be shaken by God in the final day. 13. O that in Sheol thou wouldst conceal me, hide me till the turning of thine anger, set for me a limit, and remember me. Job is saying, If only you would put me in the grave so that I wouldn't have to hurt anymore. That would be better than what I'm experiencing now. But yet Job is also saying in this verse that he hopes that he can come back to life after he has been put in the grave while God gets over his anger. And then when God is happy with Job again, if only he could bring him back to life. So Job does want to live. He just doesn't want to feel pain anymore. And he's willing to die in order to not feel pain. But still, ultimately, he wants to be resurrected. And this also expresses an honest desire that all of us have, which is to be resurrected, to have eternal life. That's what we were created for. We weren't really created to die forever and be gone forever. 
15. Thou dost call, and I, I answer thee, to the work of thy hands, thou hast desire. Job says, You call me, Lord, and I will answer. 16. But now my steps thou numberest, thou dost not watch over my sin. And Job is saying, You've numbered my days, I'm not going to live much longer. And you aren't forgiving my sin. 17. Sealed up in a bag is my transgression, and thou sowest up mine iniquity. Meaning that God is keeping Job's sins preserved. Instead of forgiving them and washing them away, he's preserving Job's sins as evidence against Job. This isn't true, but it's the only thing that Job can figure because he knows he repented and he offered the sacrifice and he asked for forgiveness. But the only thing he can figure is that for some unknown reason, God chose not to forgive him. Now, God has a right not to forgive us, but it's his choice to forgive when we repent. And God always forgives, not because he has to. You know, there's a lot of false preachers out there who say that God is obligated to forgive us or that he's obligated to heal us. That is absolutely not true. God has no obligation toward us. As we know, our whole lives are pure gravy. He wasn't obligated to create us, and he's not obligated to do anything more than that. To say that God has to forgive us is just completely irreverent. But God does forgive us because he is love, and that's his choice. 18. And yet, a falling mountain wasteth away, and a rock is removed from its place. 19. Stones have waters worn away, their outpourings wash away the dust of the earth, and the hope of man thou hast destroyed. Job had hope before that he would always be forgiven, but now his hope is gone. He doesn't believe that God wants to forgive him. Now Job is wrong, but he isn't being irreverent or accusatory toward God. Because all along in all of his speeches, he never blames God for this. He only expresses his confusion over it. He's confused. Why did I not get forgiven? But he's not accusatory at all. And that's why later on in this book, it will state that Job never sinned in anything that he said. Yes, he expressed confusion and false doctrine, but he never blasphemed or blamed God in any way. God understood his confusion because it wasn't explained to Job ahead of time that this bizarre event was going to happen where he was going to face unspeakable tragedy that he never deserved. And God knew he was going to be confused. God expected that. So when you and I are in a tragic situation and we're confused, God knows we're confused and he knows why. So we don't have to worry about that. All we have to do is make sure that we don't blaspheme him or blame him, or go into sin, or go into despair. Job knows one thing. Job still knows that God can help him out. And in Job's mind, the only way that God could help him out is to kill him, at least temporarily, and then resurrect him later. But Job is still calling only to God and God alone for his help. He wants God to answer him and no one else. He wants God to allow him to die and no one else. And he wants God to resurrect him and no one else. He isn't looking to anybody for answers. So in all this, Job is not sinning. And he's saying that God can make a mountain waste away by erosion. It can become nothing. And he can make waters dry up, just as Job's hope has dried up. 
And this is because Job doesn't understand, and his doctrine is faulty at this moment. But God will explain to him very soon. 20. Thou prevailest over him forever, and he goeth. He is changing his countenance, and thou sendest him away. Job is explaining that God can make us lose our countenance. We could be smiling one minute, but if God sends trouble into our lives, we won't be smiling anymore. 21. Honored are his sons, and he knoweth not, and they are little, and he attendeth not to them. Job is talking about after a man is dead, his sons may come into great honor, but that man won't know it because he's already in Sheol in the grave. And if his sons are brought low, the man won't know it because he's already in the grave. 22. But his flesh will be in pain over it, and his soul will mourn over it. Perhaps Job means that even in the grave, we can suffer if our children who are still alive will suffer. Job has lost his posterity because he lost all of his children, so even in the grave he won't have anything to grieve over toward his children because they aren't there anymore. They went to the grave before he did. So this may be a kind of confused way of Job explaining that he can't even grieve over his own children because they are no more. And you can see the anguish, the agony, and the confusion that Job is experiencing. All of this is normal. God doesn't expect us to be superhuman. He just expects us to obey and to love him above all things and to trust him above all things. And so far, Job is doing those three things. He hasn't failed the Lord yet, but he's extremely confused and tormented. Earlier in this chapter, Job said that he wanted to die to be put out of his misery, and then later to be resurrected so that he could be happy again. And this is also a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ, because when Jesus was more miserable than any of us have ever been, when he was on the cross dying for us, he died, and that misery ended, and then Jesus was resurrected. So this is a beautiful imagery of Jesus Christ in Job's pleading. And that concludes Job chapter 14.